you have your Bibles this morning, I want you to turn to Exodus chapter 14. Exodus chapter 14 contains what we call the Red Sea experience. It is that major turning point in the history of the people of Israel where they, they have been in slavery for uh, almost four centuries, or they've been away from their ancestral homeland for about four centuries, much of that time in slavery, and God miraculously set God's people free. Uh, it's a wonderful story, and you can read about that in the early chapters of the book of Exodus. Um, it, God's people recently set free now on their way to the promised land. They don't have any idea how long it's actually going to take. They're thinking it's going to be a very short journey. In fact, it, it became quite, quite a long journey. But uh, uh, they're, they're on their way, and they, they've come to this place on the Red Sea. They're on the banks of the Red Sea. What they don't know is that at this point also, the enemy is pursuing them. The Pharaoh, the the king of Egypt, and his armies are in pursuit. They're going to take them back into slavery. That is their intention. And so these people, the people of God, find themselves between these two obstacles, the the deep water in front of them and the enemy behind them. Uh, It's a challenging challenging place. They were essentially in an impossible situation. You know that one of the interesting things about impossible situations is that a miracle of God first requires an impossible situation. You look at almost any example throughout Scripture or even in your own life where you've experienced the miraculous, it usually began with an impossible situation. So these people are in this impossible place. Again, the enemy behind them, deep water in front of them, but God in, this, in the midst of this difficult, impossible situation of how do we get out, God gives three directives. First of all, he says, do not fear. The second directive that he gives there in verse 13 is to stand firm, or uh, it could be in translated stand fast, or don't run. And then in verse 15, God directed them, number three, to move on or to go forward, one translation says. So these three different directives do not fear or do not be afraid. And then the second directive is to stand firm. And the, the third directive is to move forward. And, and I, think of, I think of when we're in these impossible situations, those things still apply. Those directives still apply to us. They're recorded there as a matter of history, but it's also for our benefit. That when we're facing impossible situations is, first of all, don't be afraid, trust in God. <laughs> Secondly, stand firm, and and throughout the Bible, the most frequent use of the word stand firm is to stand firm upon the promises of God. And then that third directive given to them is also for us, and there's a time in which we move forward, trusting God for the future, and we're moving forward. We're experiencing many of this now, uh, many of these things now as as the body of Christ, uh, people around our nation, who many who who are, are, are facing tremendous challenges. In fact, some of you are facing some great challenges, and yet God gives us these, these directives still today. And then in verse 21, verse 21, it says this, Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and all that night the Lord drove back the sea with a strong east wind and turned it into dry land. The waters, it says, were divided, and the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and on their left. And so if you can imagine this, these people following this directive of God to move forward are are walking in and they're seeing all of this around them. Now, 
uh, I, I, with my imagination, I, I think of, of how that must have been to be walking through this corridor of water on either side, dry ground, dry seabed in front of them. And it doesn't record what these people said or what they did. We do know that they walked forward because we do know that they reached the other side. But I've often wondered, what were they saying or what were they thinking when this was happening? Now, if, if God's people then are like God's people today, then there were some people who were walking through that dry seabed and they're looking around and they're saying, look what God has done. <laughs> they look to their left and they see that. They look to their right and they see this wall of water there. They look up and, you know, for maybe, maybe many, many feet or many yards up, they see, they see all this water and they're just going, God, you are amazing. It's so great. Your power is, has been demonstrated in such a wonderful way. And they're so excited and they're praising God all the way through. And again, if God's people then are like God's people now, there were some people, there were some people that were going, man, get the life jackets, you know, get the umbrellas. This is scary. Any moment now it's gonna cave in. Any moment now we're gonna be submerged in in, in deep water again. And they're terrified. And really, these, these kinds of responses happen. Still today, we, we look around and we see God's miraculous power demonstrated. We see how he's protecting his people and we're going, God, this is amazing. These are such exciting times. We're going through this. Uh, it's remarkable what you're doing. And then there are other people who still trust in God, who have a, a relationship with God, but they're looking around and they're thinking, when's it going to all cave in? I, I don't know about you, but there are certain areas of my life where I'm going through and I'm just saying, God, you are amazing. I trust you. I know that you got this. The, the, these are some of the most remarkable days. Uh, look, look at what you're doing to, to bring us through. And then there are other, sometimes other areas in my life where I go, boy, God, it just, it's, I, I, when's it all going to cave in? When's it all going to come in? And I have, been, I have been learning through this process and at different times in my life to say, God, I, I, I want to walk through this particular journey that you have or walk through this particularly difficult or trying time that, that you've placed in front of me. I want to walk through saying, look what God is doing rather than, oh, when's it all going to cave in? God, give us that kind of faith. Well, other things were happening at the same time as God's people were making their way through this, uh, this, this deep water piled up on either side, dry riverbed or seabed. As they're walking through here, other things were happening as well. Verse 25 reads this way. The Lord looked down from the pillar of fire and cloud at the Egyptian army, and it says, and he threw it into confusion. He made the wheels of their chariots come off so that they had difficulty driving. Imagine this scene again. There are two things, it says, that are happening here in this, in this verse. It, it says, first of all, uh, uh, the Lord looked down and he threw the enemy into confusion. Not exactly sure what that looked like, but it, it must have been maybe that people were running into each other or, or people were not sure which way to go. Uh, they, 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 we know that there's an element of darkness from previous verses, and so uh, it, it's very difficult under under these circumstances to navigate. Maybe the people are turning on each other. The second thing that it records happening here is that the wheels of their chariots, we know that there were a lot of chariots that were pursuing these people as well, uh, the, the wheels were literally coming off. And I don't know if that's where we get the expression, you know, the wheels are coming off. 
but it's certainly applied here. Uh, God, I don't know if he put angels down there and he's taken off the, you know, the hubs of these wheels and then all of a sudden everything falls apart. Oh, and there's an, uh, another interesting thing here. It says, he made the wheels of their chariots come off so they had difficulty driving. I think that kind of goes without saying, all due respect to the word, but yeah, it would be very difficult to drive if you don't have any wheels on your chariot. And, and I want you to see how God, while he's not only making a miracle for these people to go through on dry ground with water walled up on either side, but he's also confusing and making it difficult for the enemy to pursue them. Now, there are a lot of parallels between this Red Sea experience, uh, what they were experiencing on that journey and what we as followers of Christ experience today. There, there are some, some close parallels. In just a few days, we're going to come upon Good Friday. It's the day uh, of the year that we particularly, we remember it every day, but we particularly remember Jesus' death on the cross. And because of his death on the cross and his resurrection that we're going to celebrate next Sunday, because of those things, when we place our faith in Jesus Christ, we are set free from the slavery of sin. Just like those people were set free from slavery back then, we're set free from the slavery of sin. Thank God for that. Many of you can remember a time where, where you surrendered your life to Christ and said, Lord, I, I, I can no longer do it myself. I've tried. I, I, I've failed miserably. I can't fix myself, but I believe that you can. And, and you asked Jesus to come into your heart. And when that happened, he broke the power of sin in your life. You're no longer enslaved by it, told what to do by, by that sinful nature. But now you've been, you've been changed on the inside and and, and God gives you the, the power and the strength to, to not be enslaved by those things anymore. We're now set free. Yet because we're set free, Satan still wants to take us back into slavery. Just like, just like Pharaoh and his armies wanted to take the people of Israel back into slavery, so Satan wants to take every one of us back into those things that once enslaved us. So we need to remember that the Lord who protected them protects his people today. Thank God for that. The Lord who protected, who looked down from that cloud and brought confusion to the enemy and took their wheels off is the same Lord who protects his people today. Last week in my Bible reading, I reread one of my favorite verses. It's Jude verse 24. It says, Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to make you stand in the presence of his glory blameless with great joy says he on our journey he's able to help us to keep us from stumbling falling down in this journey as we're making our way through and to make us stand in the presence of his glory blameless with great joy that promise is still for us today so as god's people reached the far side of the red sea on this dry seabed verse 28 Tells, uh, tells us that Moses again stretched out his hand, and it says, And the water flowed back and covered the chariots and horsemen, the entire army of Pharaoh that had followed the Israelites into the sea, and not one of them survived. And through, this, through this Red Sea experience, God showed his people what he would do to get them from where they were to where he wanted them to be. This, this most remarkable of moments, God 
was showing them that he would do whatever was necessary to get them from where they had once been to, or, or where they were to where he wanted them to be. And, and it wasn't just with one miracle, the parting of the Red Sea, but it was multiple miracles. Think of this. There was a miracle of direction when God supernaturally directed Moses, telling him what to do and what to say. There was, as I just mentioned, a, a supernatural miracles of, of protection, that holy cloud that separated God's people from the enemy, the, uh, the, the confusion that God brought the people so that they went against each other, the, uh, the, the very wheels of the chariots coming off. Those were miracles, multiple miracles of protection. And, and then there was also a miracle of timing. In verse 27, it says at daybreak, that's a specific time, at daybreak, God closed in the sea and he destroyed the enemy. He closed, at, at a specific time, God closed it in and destroyed the enemy. Again, God was doing many things throughout this journey, at the very beginning of this journey. God was doing many things to get them from where they were to where he wanted them to be. Uh, there are a, a lot of miracles that we need today. I'm praying for, for my, my church family. Uh, it's been very difficult not to connect with you as a group, but it's been a delight to connect with you one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, a lot of phone calls, a lot of uh, FaceTiming with people. And I've been praying with you for God's protection, for God's direction, and, and really for, for God's, God's moving in your life to encourage you, uh, God's, God's timing. Some of you are facing some things with your job or the lack of a job. Some of you are really being stretched. And I want you to know that, that the God who worked miracles then continues to work multiple miracles now. So he's going to bring us through, and he's going to bring you through, uh, not just with one thing, but really through multiple things. He still does this. There's one more thing about this Red Sea experience that I want us to see, and, and, and that is that it became, this Red Sea experience became one of the greatest memorials or the greatest memories of God's people for the rest of their history, even to this day. If you were to look throughout the Bible, uh, you'll, you'll see that God's people remembered the Red Sea experience um, at least 14 times. In the book of Judges, which is the account of God's people going into the promised land and, and resettling it and, and conquering it, it mentions it a number of times where they, they, to encourage people, they would say, remember what God did back at the Red Sea. That happens a number of times in the book of Joshua. Also in the book of Judges, a number of times in the book of Psalms. Also in the books of Jeremiah, the book of Acts, the New Testament book of Acts, Hebrews, 1 Corinthians, and Jude. Time after time, people looked back to what God had done at this Red Sea. God's people were essentially saying, whenever they said this, and I'm sure there, there were many more than are even recorded, but God was, the people were essentially saying, remember how God brought us through that remarkable time, and God is going to bring us through this remarkable time. Listen, my friend, times of great peril can become our greatest moments to see God's faithfulness and God's power. Again, some of our times of greatest peril and, and highest difficulty can be some of those moments in which we, we see and we observe and we experience God's faithfulness and God's power.
power unlike any other time. We're experiencing history. There are going to be many of us who, who for years to come, if Jesus has not yet returned, there are going to be many of us who look back and say, look what God did in that spring and summer of 2020. Look what God did to bring us through that time. What, what seemed to be a time of great peril, and in, in, in many regards it is difficult, it, it is perilous times for many, and yet I believe that God's people can look, look back at a point in the future, not very far in the future, and say, look what God did to bring us through. Look what God did to the miracles that he made. I can look back on some of those times, and many of you have as well, but this is going to be one of those times. This coming Friday, again, what we call Good Friday, is the day that we remember Jesus' death on the cross. We can't meet together this year like we, we often do with other churches here in the community. We often gather together with other evangelical churches and have a wonderful time of communion. We can't do that this year. So I'd like you to do something that perhaps you've never done before. In, in this coming week, in the next few days, I'd like you to, uh, to get some, some, some grape juice and some bread. And then on Friday, this coming Friday, at about noon, I want you either individually or as a family if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, I, I want you to, to just push some time aside. And again, either alone or with your family, I want you to take communion together. You're going to do so maybe alone in a room or with just a few people in a room. But you're going to be doing so in heart and in spirit with millions of Christians around the world. To remember what Jesus did. To remember what Jesus accomplished on that cross. So I encourage you to do this. When Jesus hung on that cross, when Jesus died on that cross, his followers who saw it or heard about it probably believed that it was the worst day ever. And why wouldn't they? Jesus, the one that they'd followed, the one that they trusted, the one whom they loved, was, was dead. And I'm sure that at the end of that day, or throughout that day, they believed that it was the worst day ever. But because Jesus rose from the dead, because Jesus conquered the grave, his death on that cross became one of the greatest moments in all of history, perhaps the greatest moment in all of history. And every time that we look at the cross, it reminds us how our faithful God, our faithful Lord, can turn what seems to be a great tragedy into the greatest victory of all time. This is the God that we serve. He takes these impossible situations, these, these times that, are, that seem to be so perilous, seem to be so difficult, and, and people are wondering what's going to happen. But God in His power can take those moments, those times, and, be, and, and they become hallmarks in our life where for the rest of our lives, and I believe for the rest of eternity, we look back and we'll say, look what God did. Once again, I want to tell you that I'm praying for you. And in just a moment, I want to pray with you. That, that I'm praying that God will protect you, that God will direct you, that God will strengthen you and encourage you. I pray that there will be miracles of timing, miracles of provision, 
miracles of, of uh, a healing. So, so let's pray together uh, and, and trust the Lord together. Lord Jesus, in this time, while we gather in a different way, I pray for the people who are listening or watching this, this, this message. I ask, Lord Jesus, that you will supernaturally intervene and protect and direct and provide. Thank you, Jesus, that you care for us so much. Thank you that you died on that cross. And in just a, a few days, we're going to gather together again in a different way to celebrate the empty tomb, to celebrate the resurrection. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done. Thank you that by your death and your resurrection, you turned the worst day ever, what appeared to be the worst day ever, into the greatest victory in all of time and eternity. Thank you, Jesus, for what you do. We pray these things that we would experience your power in greater ways. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, God bless you this morning. Again, thank you for joining us. Please know that we care very deeply for you. We love you. Thanks again.